listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat real quick. Hey, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, uh, turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. If uh, reading the Bible is new to you, maybe you're an unbeliever, uh, find someone next to you to help, or you can actually go to a table of contents in the black Bible that's in the seat in front of you. If you do not have one for tonight or own one at all, that is our gift to you uh, to keep. And you can find the Gospel of John in the New Testament. Bible's divided by Old Testament and New Testament. Um, it is the fourth book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to be in chapter 6, starting in verse 22 there. Anyway, while you're finding that, I don't know for any of you, I'm guessing so, but for me, I certainly got to a point um, in, in high school years where classes I was taking, things I was learning, started to lose their relevance. But I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. So, of course, in grade school, elementary, middle school, um, even a good amount of high school, I know we, we trash uh, school, like, I don't learn anything, but, but we really did, right? Like, if anything, it was just how to keep living and, and breathing, all right? We're all, we're all here. We, were, we must have learned something. Um, but I remember uh, one of the things that really developed and got harder as I got older uh, was, just, was just math, right? And so you think you're good at math, and in seventh grade, you take pre-algebra, and you realize you're not good at math. Um, and then from there, it gets harder, and you take regular algebra, and after that is geometry, and then as, as if it, wouldn't, it couldn't be bad enough, uh, Satan himself created something called Algebra 2, um, which is also really hard. I'm joking for you people that need and use math for your future careers. It's awesome. Um, and then you have geometry, and then, and then you have, wait, I'm getting backwards. Geometry, Algebra 2, and then pre-cal or trig. Anyone take pre-calculus, trig? Just about everybody? Okay, and so... Um, I, I, was, I was sitting in a classroom. I was looking at this X and Y axis and trying to type in all the right numbers that I didn't know what they meant. And I gotta tell you, I just, I just came to a point where I realized that nothing that I want to be, hope to accomplish, or do has anything to do with a TI-84 calculator, all right? I just came to that point. I just knew. I, I want to go into ministry. I want to teach the Bible and shepherd people, be a minister. I knew that at 17. Here I am. I've made lots of mistakes. I don't know everything, but I at least knew that, all right? And so... I don't know if you were like that as well. Like maybe even now you're having to get some basics classes out of the way. You're like, oh, I can't believe I have to sit through this. This is rough. Or maybe even in high school, you, you reached a point where you were honest. You were thinking about what's next for your life. And, and honestly, um, where you wanted to go, who you wanted to be, things you wanted to accomplish had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that Romeo and Juliet are dead, Right? Right? You feel me? Like, RIP, seriously, like, beautiful story. But that's not going to help me get into college, ultimately, or get a job. Right? Hey, there are, there are going to be lots of things that you're going to read in the Bible. And specifically for this series, we're in week two of the I Am series. There's going to be lots of things that Jesus says. This is going to be tempting for, for all of us, no matter where you are. You, you could consider yourself, ah, I'm not really a Christian, not so interested. Maybe you're, maybe you're here, just curious. You could be following Christ for a long time, but it's anywhere in between, too. If, if you're reading the Bible, you're going to hear some things, read some things that 
may seem on the surface like that has no relevance to me. So let me give you an example. In this I am series, Jesus is going to be saying the words I am followed by something else. And so, for example, he, he says, I am the good shepherd. But hold on. I don't see any sheep in here. Some of you maybe forgot to wear your deodorant. You smell like sheep, but right, you're not actual sheep. All right, I'm not pointing anyone out. I'm not gonna point any fingers, all right? Um, it may be me, who knows? But um, so you're like, what, what relevance could that have? How is him being a shepherd to me uh, relevant? And then there's also, he calls himself in one, one spot, the, uh, the door. And you're like, hey, that, that's great that you're a door, Jesus, but I've been opening door handles since age two, like I'm good. I don't think I need your help there. He's gonna say some other weird things. Let's see, what's, what's another one? He's gonna say he's the light of the world. And it's like, hey, that's cool, Jesus, but we have electricity. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, I, think, I think we're good. And then tonight, something that is kind of strange, Jesus actually calls himself bread, okay? Not like, let's get this bread, bread, okay? I'm talking about, like, he is calling himself bread, a.k.a. the bread of life. And so here's why I'm kind of saying this playfully. Obviously, I'm a pastor. I know why he says those things. Obviously, I take the word of God seriously. But what I want to do is I want to invite maybe some skeptic minds. Maybe there's, if we could admit and be open and honest, even myself, sometimes we read things and we see things Jesus says, and we're like, what does this have to do? Is that, is that true? And, and I want to invite that because we shouldn't be Christians. We shouldn't say this is true just because that's what Christians believe. Because what's going to happen is that you're going to be an inch, an inch deep. And, and Jesus wants you to know his word. He wants you to know him well. And what that means is he also expects, he expects, us, he expects us to ask these type of questions. And so some of you are like, great. Jesus is the bread of life. I'm gluten-free. Does this mean I'm going to have digestion problems if I do this whole Jesus thing? Hey, no, all right, I'll explain more later. You're good, so stay in your seats, no one leave. Like we already had one person leave, y'all go get them. Tell them to come back, we're good, all right? The real question is, why is Jesus being the bread of life relevant to your life and your life and your life and my life tonight? Why do you need to know and understand this, what it means when Jesus is saying this profound thing about himself how is it gonna change your life? What does it mean? Why is it relevant? So let's pick it up. Verse 22 and chapter six. Verse 22, chapter six. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when, they, uh, when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. So back to the question, why is Jesus being the bread of life relevant? Why should you lean in a little bit tonight and listen? Jesus being the bread of life is relevant to you because everyone is spiritually hungry. Okay, we should have notes behind me. Sweet, we got it. 
uh, right here. It should be up here. Everyone is spiritual hunger. We, we're good. I know some type A note takers. You love that. There you go. That's our gift to you. So everyone is spiritually hungry. And so, of course, there's physical hunger happening. We, we all have that. But Jesus is talking about this insatiable, unquenchable hunger and desire that we have to pursue purpose and meaning in the hopes of finding something great that truly satisfies, that truly brings contentment. And if you will with me, look back to verses 22 and 27 for a little bit deeper dive explanation. So what had happened before this is Jesus had fed 5,000 people miraculously with five loaves of bread and two fish. That's a significant thing. If you have a friend that can do that, please give me their number. I would love to talk to them more, all right? And so that's a, that's a pretty interesting thing. And so these people are really following Jesus. He calls them out and he says, you just want some miraculous bread. Like that's why you're coming to me. Um, he actually, he's pointing this out and he tells them, you're working for the wrong things. I don't know if you read this. They got into some boats and crossed over, all right? They, they went to a lot of work, so to speak, to get to Jesus, to, to get more of his bread that he was giving out, okay? And so they're, they're hungry, and it sounds like a pretty good deal to them as they're leaning in and listening to what Jesus is saying. And he's saying, hey, I got some bread I'm gonna give to you, actually, it's gonna give you eternal life. She's like, sweet, full bellies and a full soul. Like, this is, this is awesome, right? Like, I think right now in this story, they're still in. They're still like, I'm down for this. And one thing you guys gotta know, um, yesterday I went, to, I went to Torchy's, got some chips and salsa, did some sermon prep before I had a, a lunch. And here's just one thing. I need you guys to agree with me. I don't say this a lot. You got to agree with me. With Mexican food, Mexican restaurants, there's no such thing as too much chips and salsa. Okay, this is a gospel issue, okay? We gotta amen that, all right? This is for sure, we gotta agree on that. There's only, hey, waiter, waitress, can you bring some more? That's the only matter, all right? And you just eat and eat and eat until your, your heart is content, all right? And so you know that, I'm, I'm banking on you agreeing with me there. Why am I saying this? We see with our food hunger, we see certain foods that we crave, we actually reveal something. Man, we, we eat a lot, don't we? Even for those that are, you're like, you're like lean and mean and like you, you look great, right? You still need to eat. And that's because day after day after day, unless you're fasting, you, you need to eat. If you eat breakfast, it's not like, great, I won't have to eat for the rest of my life, right? We have a physical hunger. Now check this out. And the way that God has designed us and made us, what we learn from the overall picture of scripture and from these passages, y'all check this out. Our physical hunger Jesus is using as a physical representation of the spiritual hunger that we have. Y'all see that? And so we're all spiritual, spiritually hungry. That's how God designed us. He created our, our souls as well. So, so he, he knows this. He knows this. And so we're the same way with the, that I am with those chips and salsa and our pursuit of meaning. No matter what good comes of us, no matter what we accomplished that we think would satisfy, no matter what job it was or what major we now get to pursue or degree we get to get, a relationship we're in or friend group or uh, Instagram followers, whatever, you notice that you just want more. I finally bought a house two years ago. I was like, yes, I've made it. I'm adulting now. Two days later, saw a bigger house. Like, hey, when do we get to move in there, right? That's how it works. I just want more and more and more. We're spiritually hungry. We want meaning. We want purpose. And that leads me to my next point, which is this. First, Jesus is relevant to your life because we're all spiritually hungry. Now I'll lean into this. The next is, Jesus being the bread of life is relevant to you because only Jesus can satisfy our deepest spiritual hunger, okay? Let's go back to verses 28 to 34. Let's, let's look at this and what's happening. 
And so Jesus tells them this, get this, they're working for the wrong thing. You got in your boats, you went all this way, you're working for the wrong thing. So of course, what do they do? They wanna know what is the right kind of work, right? You see that? What kind of work should we do? What work is pleasing to God? Jesus said it looks like believing in him. That's what the work looks like. So obviously they're like, this guy's saying to believe in him? Let's see another sign, right? Like, let's bring on the bread, Jesus, let's go. Then we'll talk about believing in you, all right? They say, hey, Moses did a sign, and what does Jesus say? Hey, it wasn't actually Moses, it was God. And here is, so many times when you, when you read the words of Jesus, he's wanting to redirect your attention. You ask a question, he wants you to ask the better question. This is what he does, he, he says, it was God who provided that bread, not Moses. Pause, Old Testament history, the Israelites, Jews, God's people, were slaves in Egypt, and God helped them get out of slavery, rescued them from that, delivered them from that in the second book of the Bible called Exodus. And he did this primarily through a leader that he chose named Moses, and they were led in the wilderness. And so God, in his faithfulness and kindness, sent bread from heaven called manna for them to eat. Okay, in pause, just a little background there. And so they, of course, are like, we've seen this. Our people have been provided bread. Do it again. Let's see it. And he's like, it was God the whole time. And now God has given you true bread. Y'all see that? And of course, of course, the people are saying what to that? Bring on the bread, Jesus, right? Like, give me some. You're saying you're going to give it to me for free? True bread from heaven? That sounds amazing. In other words, at this point, they're resonating with it. Hope you are too. Only Jesus and believing him can satisfy our deepest spiritual hunger. Okay? Here's a question you should be asking. All right, Cole. You're a pastor. You're a religious guy. You obviously have what's called a biblical worldview. You see the world through a God lens. How do we know that everyone is spiritually hungry? How can you say that? Here's how. We know this because of humanity's core needs. Like all of our efforts, every single person around the world, you know what they boil down to? to something that Jesus gives best, and that is an all-satisfying life. Think about how hard, students in the room, think about how hard you're working, hoping that what you're doing now will set you up for a good life. Good job, hopefully meet somebody, provide home, car, 401k, all that stuff, right? You, you know that, you, you know the rest of the story, and those are good things. Here's the thing, though. They assumed, did you see how they said, what work do we need to be doing? Here's the problem. They assume that they needed to work to get what they needed from God. And that was a big mistake. So many of us struggle with the fact, Christians, and if you're non-Christian, let me bring you into this. Jesus says that he saves us by his grace and mercy alone, not through our works. That by believing him, believing that he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead, we can be saved. But you know what happens in a lot of our hearts? We are functional workers for our salvation. That's how, that's how it works. And all around the world, you look at every single belief system. What it boils down to is a works-based system. Let me be good enough and go up the ladder on the way to God or to appease God. And I was just thinking about the other day. You know what I sometimes do? I know the gospel, right? I know the gospel. Y'all have heard it, but let me say it. How many times, though, have I done something, have I messed up? I think, you know what? I should, I should really maybe do some really nice things for a few days or really, really try to be a, a, good, a good husband for a few days and kind of make up for it and atone for it. See where I'm going with that? You ever do stuff like that? 
You ever blow it and you, okay, I'm not gonna miss church for three weeks in a row now, right? And then God, God will be happy with me. That's the same thing that these people struggled for. They were working for God's, um, for God's favor and approval and they weren't gonna get it. Jesus said, believe in me. All right, I can tell I'm losing some of you. So here's the deal. Back to spiritual hunger, only being satisfied in Jesus. Some of you, how many of you have, have, are first year students in here? Okay, cool. How many of you have been in Lubbock for quite, quite a while? At least more than a year. Okay, cool. And so pretty much the rest of you. So here's the deal. That's just logic. I should have figured that out. Anyway, so here's the deal. Some of you, you have been going all around Lubbock and you know what you've been looking for? You've been looking for the best barbecue place. And you know what? Lots of food metaphors tonight, by the way, just letting you know. I mean, look at me, food, all right. And so anyway, you've been trying some chain restaurants. You've gone to a few local places. And you know what? You just gotta admit, it's not all satisfying. It's just not. It's not, it's not quenching your hunger. And I just tell you, friend, what you need to do is just walk on through those doors of Evie Mae's barbecue, okay? Take a bite and say, mama, I'm home, all right? And just take another bite and, and, and just, man, this is all satisfying barbecue, all right? Don't do it in front of other people. That may be kind of weird, all right? And be like, what's wrong with you, all right? Some of you don't like barbecue, so here's, here's another example, all right? How many of you have been hungry around midnight and you thought to yourself, all right, don't have much in the pantry, but I have some popcorn. How many of you bust out some popcorn around midnight or so? Don't lie. Y'all. We have, don't lie in church, guys. Come on. All right. Hey, so I did this just the other day. Like I already knew I was going to probably do a popcorn illustration, but unknown, I, I did this. What happens? I get out a bag, bag of popcorn. I'm hungry. And you know what? Four bags later, right? You're still hungry because it doesn't fill you. It's nothing but empty carbs. So of course you polish it off with like a massive bowl of ice cream, right? With all the fillings. And then you go to sleep from a sugar coma. All right. And that's, that's how the, most of the college young adult life works uh, for us at nighttime. So what was, what was wrong with, with the, the popcorn? Why it was at four bags in, I just wasn't satisfied. It, it wasn't helping me. It's because it's nothing but empty carbs. You see, to use Jesus' words, we've been looking for, and, and even eating what I'm gonna call tonight the, the wrong bread, all right? Here's what this looks like. We're eating something that looks like bread, but, but really it's just empty popcorn carbs that don't truly fill us up, okay? With Jesus offering himself as the bread of life, essentially what he's saying is that only by worshiping him and seeking him are we going to find that satisfaction for that hunger that we have in our hearts. It's, it's not something you can earn and it's not something you can find anywhere else, but for, formal religion aside, all of us, I think we have certain kinds of bread, so to speak, that we're looking for. So even if you'd say you aren't religious at all, don't know about this God thing, kind of maybe you don't want to identify with that, I think what all of us naturally do, we're all in the same boat here, is we're going to replace Jesus and his spiritual hunger satisfaction that he promises with what Tim Keller calls idols of the heart. Basically what we say is, Jesus, I don't need your bread. I've got my popcorn right here. I'm gonna munch on this for a while. 
And so actually, what I'm gonna call this tonight, uh, Bryce and Jace are gonna come up. I, I prepared a little meal for you guys. I don't know if you're gonna want it after I explain what it is, but we got a little meal up here. They're gonna, they're gonna bring it up. Uh, but anyway, I'm gonna call this the bread of death. Right? Jesus calls himself the bread of life. We have to have bread of death. There has to be something that we could eat, so to speak, spiritually, that is not going to give us life. Something disguised as bread, but really more like popcorn, all right? Could you guys turn around? We'll just sit this right here, all right? Oh, yeah. Y'all hungry? Anyone want to come up here and eat some? Nobody? Yeah, come on, Donovan. I'll give it up for Donovan. He's going to come eat some. Let's go, bro. Nice hops, bro. All right, so some of you are like, I've never been in this church before, and I'm not coming back. All right, let me explain this, all right? This is this is just popcorn, okay? This is just popcorn. But I'm gonna use the idea of Timothy Keller as a well-known author and pastor to really talk about some heart idols. I think that's what Jesus is getting at. He's like, what do you really worship instead of me? What's the, what's, what's the other bread out there that you're, that's saying that's gonna satisfy you? And so, um, Donovan, if, if you could, man, um, the, the first one here is the bread of, of power. Um, would you just take a bite of that? Just let me know how it tastes. How is it, man? How does it taste? It's pretty good? Okay, cool, man. So if he's eating the bread of power, I'm just gonna take a guess as to what it's gonna taste like. This is not on him, right? I'm not roasting Donovan up here tonight. He volunteered, y'all be easy on him, okay? But um, the bread of power here kind of tastes like this. You're driven and motivated to have influence and, and you want people in the room to like you. And here's the thing, you, you are... Um, this could be Instagram influencer. I don't know. I'm not really talking about that. But this could be someone that they constantly want to be maybe the smartest person in the room. And what happens is you're, you really want people to like you. You really want to have your, your kind of power over this maybe friend group or whatever. And what happens is that bread, I don't know if you're feeling this already, but that bread is kind of empty. Because what that leads you to do is just use people to gain more power and influence in your life. Do you kind of feel that in your gut? You feel that? Okay, he's resonating with this guy. I'm just taking guesses here, all right? And, and so what happens is that you kind of isolate people and you kind of come off as really just angry all the time and constantly dissatisfied and fearful that you may get humiliated and proven that you're not as powerful as you want to be. So dang, Brad, b- bad choice, man. I'm sorry, bad choice. Um, bad choice, y'all agree? But go easy on him, okay? All right, so next one, bread of approval. Let's take a bite of that. Oh man, I'm tripping on this blanket. Up. Bread of approval. <laughs> man, he took a big bite. He like, bread of death, give me some more, all right? How does it taste, brother? A little salty? All right, man. Hey, salt and the Bible are friends, all right? So let's, let's pretend you didn't say that. All right, so the bread of approval, all right? This is a pursuit of affirmation, of love, relationships. All those are good things, right? Those are good things, right? Here's what happens. When you live for the approval of others, when you make that your bread, when you make that what sustains you, why is it bread? Bread is filling. Most of the mills back in Jesus' day were had bread, some of them were only bread. So this, is, this was sustenance to them, this was life. And you're saying, my life, what I need is approval of others. And so what happens is that it leaves you hungry. Still kind of hungry, right? Yeah, starving. Oh, thanks, bro, you're like reading my notes, right? You're terrified of rejection. Sometimes in your relationships, you come across as needy and high maintenance. All right, I'm sorry, just ask your ex. All right, just ask your ex, all right. I'm joking, but seriously. 
Yet, with all this, you rarely speak up for yourself because you wouldn't want to do anything that would get disapproval, right? That's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard popcorn to swallow, really, I should say. Yeah. He's, you doing all right? I don't have water, so we're toast. All right, all right. Can I give it up for him? He, he's working through this, all right? Working through these heart problems, all right. Man, let, let's move on over. Um, this third one is um, the bread of control, all right? We take a bite of this? You're still in control, by the way. Awesome. How does that taste, man? Still hungry? Okay, so here's maybe what his taste buds are getting a little bit of, the, the bread of control. You have this pursuit of self-discipline, you want to be certain and sure about everything and standards. You want to calendar things one million years in advance if you could. All right, even God's like, bro, I ain't got things timed that way. It's like, chill out. All right, that's a joke. God knows all things. He's planning. It's okay. Um, and because you always want to be in control, check this out. You always have to be in control. What might keep you up at night is the uncertainty and the unknown, right? So if people don't do things the way you plan, the way that things should be, right? You sometimes come across as a jerk and you sort of isolate people because they didn't go, they didn't do it right, right? And you, you worry yourself about controlling it. You may forget to eat, but even if you did eat, it's not the right bread, if you feel me, right? You're tracking? So that is the bread of control. Last bread right here, my friend, the bread of comfort. Last one, guys, come on, give it up for them. Let's get some, let's get some bread. Bro, I really don't have water like <laughs> if, if it's going to satisfy, he's just, he's going for it. All right. How does it taste? Look at Hunter. Look at Hunter Peterson, master servant right there. Y'all give it up for Hunter Peterson. <laughs> Saved you, bro. I don't think you need some water. That's good. The living water, you know what I'm saying? Anyway. All right. The bread of comfort. It's a pursuit of privacy eliminating, let's have as little stress as possible, and freedom, right? So you pursue this life of comfort. You don't want to have any stress. And so what that does is because everyone is a sinner, including you, that will bring stress to your life, you tend to push people out of your life, making them feel isolated and you isolated and lonely, and honestly, because you live in so much comfort, you're, you're bored, right? It's like at the beginning of the summer, I was like, 74 is good in my house for the thermostat. Guys, I got it on 70 now. Like, I just want more and more comfort, right? I just want it as cool as possible. I want to be freezing as I get into my bed, all right? So we, we keep going after this comfort, and it doesn't, doesn't fulfill you, does it? Okay, I thought so, man. This bread also leaves you hungry, okay? Um, everything I listed Everything that Donovan took a part of is, of course, not real bread. What it says, it says, hey, Jesus, I don't, I don't need you. And, and it says yes to what you think these other things can offer. And everyone, as, as Donovan said, is you're not only hungry, we're, we're starving. Oh, he's just had popcorn, right? He needs a real meal, okay? So let's try this, all right? Brother, I got you some bread right here. Take a bite of this, all right? Why don't you take a bite of that? Just chew on it for a minute. You can just dive straight into it, bro. All right, there we go. I'm glad we got that water. This is gonna get rough. It's gonna get a lawsuit on here or something. He's choking up here. <laughs> I'm not CPR certified. We're in trouble. How's that taste, man? I compared to the popcorn. Filling, buttery. Filling, buttery? Damn, bro, what kind of bread did I get? It's only a dollar. Heck yeah, man. 
$1 at Walmart. It's not an advertisement, just saying. Hey, y'all give it up for Donovan. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, bro. Killed it. You killed it. Hey, all jokes aside, guys, all, all these things, they, they promise so much. They promise to be satisfying. In your life, I can't nail it down. I can't tell you exactly what it is. You know. But guys, it's way past time. We, we gotta throw away the popcorn and pick up the bread of life. Y'all tracking with me? It's proven it over and over and over again that it's not satisfying, okay? Only Jesus is relevant to your life. Him being the bread of life is relevant because he, only he can satisfy that spiritual hunger that you have, which leads me to this. Perhaps the most important thing you need to hear tonight is Jesus being the bread of life is relevant to you because you must eat his bread in order to live. It's not only things are better, it is to live, okay? And so look at verse 35 to 40 again. Verses 35 to 40. Jesus is as clear as he can be, is he not? I am the bread of life. You won't be hungry or thirsty anymore if you embrace me as the bread of life, aka believing in me and coming to Jesus, embracing him. He promises, guys, check this out. He promises these things. He says, I will never cast you out, aka I got you. Like, I'm not gonna let you go. Like, I'm a faithful God. I'm the way maker. I'm the promise keeper. Like, I got you. Like, you're gonna be secure with me. It's not you're gonna have to keep coming back. Let me get a few more little morsels of bread. Like, no. He says, one time, partake of my bread. You're gonna live forever. So, you know, the the reality is, is when I'm talking about the bread of life, and bread of, of death. Of course, you, you should know, you know, Jesus is ultimately talking about spiritual life, spiritual death. Oh, actually, where is the eternal destiny of your soul? That's what he's getting down to, okay? And so a lot of us, we don't think about death, and that's normal, like, like including me, like, still pretty young. Like, you're like, bread of life, bro, I, I can live my best life now, right? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm good. You could easily put Jesus to the side, but then he still says you need his, to eat his bread in order to live. The reality is, if we're honest, it can be a little bit scary and unsettling to think about death. We have a student, she's not here tonight, she's at her grandfather's funeral. <laughs> like she is seeing tonight and tomorrow real death. But again, we don't talk about that, right? You're like, cool, come on, man. All right, we don't talk about that. So here's what I did as, as a kid. Um, as a kid, I was kind of scared of the dark. As an adult, I'm kind of scared of the dark, <laughs> to be honest with you. And what happens in your room when you're scared of the dark, and if you've never done this, then you're, you're lying. Everyone's done this, all right? You become a little bit delusional, right? And you, you're determined. You hear some noises, right? It's probably just an old air conditioning or, you know, your, your cat or whatever, you know. Uh, and you're determined something's in my room, right? Something's in my room. This is scary. What do I do? And you know what you do? You do this. You know why? Because this is true, guys. Again, I know that's your statement. If you can't see them, they can't see you. Just like none of you can see me right now. Isn't this amazing? You're like, where is this voice coming from? And so this is what, this is what we do. This is what we do with, with death, isn't it? Like, how long is he going to keep that blanket on his head? Just a few more minutes. 
hey, here's the deal. We're like, I'm not gonna think about death. I'm gonna throw the blanket over the head. And if I can't see death, death can't see me. Right? Get this thing off. So here's the deal. Guarantee you, unless Jesus comes back, you're saying, if I can't see death, death can't see me. Friend, let me tell you, death can see you. (laughs) Every single one of us in this room, you will face death. You can put on your boxing gloves, you can fight it, but you know what? Every single person in this room, I'm telling you, you will face death, and death will win. (laughs) You will physically die. But the question that Jesus is asking in this passage, and I would pose to you tonight, that's true, but where's the eternal destiny of your soul? Like, let's take the blanket off of our eyes. Let's, let's really think about this question tonight. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you actually accepted his invitation to make him your bread of life. He promises, hey, I'm gonna give you eternal life through the forgiveness at the cross. You're gonna have, if you wanna be just simple-minded, you're gonna have a ticket to heaven with my name stamped on the ticket and my name stamped on you. Like I'm trying to give you eternal life and not eternal death. You tracking? He wants you to get that blanket off of you and look at reality. Look at what's happening. Look at what's ultimate. He's saying the, the thing inside that doesn't want to think about death is that tension of knowing that your physical death is where your entire eternity hinges. That's why you don't want to think about it. And he is inviting you, friends. I want you to hear the, the tone of this. Try to get my voice out of the way. He's saying Believe in me. Don't do, stop doing all this work. You don't have to do this and that. Like, it's not going to be in other things. Like, please stop and just come to me. Come to me, the bread of life. The reality is, is that some of you tonight, you, you've struggled to find the connection with your life. And, and, and you're like me. Maybe you've been following Christ for a while, and you're like, that's a really good lesson for someone that maybe doesn't know Jesus or maybe a new believer. But, Cole, what about me? And so here's the deal find myself in my life. I don't have any water, so I'm actually gonna eat it, but just kind of, you know. Um, I got, got my bread of life right here, and you know what happens before I know it? Following Jesus, before I know it, well, I'm not looking, some popcorn slips in, I think I'm still eating, and like all of a sudden, it's like, oh man, what happened? What happens is that empty popcorn, that things that gives me nothing, slips into my life, and I start thinking, you know what? I am, wait, hold on, am I really just, I really just saved by grace. Does God really love me, or do I do I need to need to earn it? You know, getting back to following Jesus, maybe take a little bit. You know, maybe, maybe, yeah, Jesus is important, but maybe making money is is ultimately what He really wants me to do and spend spend my time doing. All right? Maybe let me take some more. Maybe you're saying like God wants me to to do my best as, as a pastor, but, but really, if people don't like me, then I, I must be a failure. Y'all see where that goes? Y'all see where I'm going with that? So little by little, little friends, what happens in our lives is that all of us, we, we let that popcorn start slipping in. And so here, here's, we know how popcorn works. Four bags later in a bowl of ice cream, we go to sleep. So here's what maybe our fourth bag of popcorn could look like. It's known as boyfriend, girlfriend number five this year. 
It's known as party number 10 that you shouldn't have been at. It's known as church number four, just looking for the perfect church. So I guess what, if you find it, don't go there because you're a sinner and you're gonna ruin it, all right? (laughs) Diet number three, relapse number seven, friend group number 15, Instagram like number 200, and the list goes on and on and on. And you can fill it with anything. You can have a 100 of them. You can have a 1,000 of them. You can have a million of them. And guess what Jesus says? Hey, friend, you only need one of me. only need one of me. I I can satisfy your hunger. I can give rest to your soul. So how did this story end tonight? The reality is, in this passage of scripture, I encourage you to read it. It's a massive chapter. That's why we didn't read all of it. Most of the people there listening to Jesus with this invitation, they walked away. Hey, Jesus, what you're asking is too hard. They maybe wanted to to have one hand on the bread and one hand on the popcorn. I don't know. Maybe they thought the popcorn's better. I'm not sure. But Jesus does something. Look at verse 66 in chapter 6. Verse 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? (laughs) Simon Peter answered him, Lord, don't miss this, friends. Don't miss this. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. What does Jesus say? Everyone's walking away. What does he say to Peter? You're gonna leave too? Guys, the heart of Peter is he's like, I've tried all these flavors of popcorn, so to speak. Where else would I go? You have the words of eternal life. I see that you are you are God. I I I want you. I want your bread. It's not you, you, you have a choice. Are you going to go with the crowds? Or are you going to go with Peter? It's that simple. It's, it's really black and white. And everything's black and white, but, but eternity is. <laughs> are you spending eternity forever apart from God or forever with him in heaven? Hinging on nothing that you actually have to do except believe in him and embrace him as your bread of life. What does that ultimately mean? When we celebrate what's called the Lord's Supper, when we eat bread and grape juice, because we're Baptists, all right, (laughs) that symbolizes the broken body of Christ on the cross, the death he died that you should have died for disobeying God. He died for you. And the blood he shed, the blood that you should have shed in punishment and death, he shed for you. And so by making him your bread of life, you're saying, I see that I'm dead apart from you. I'm hopeless apart from you. And you're saying with Peter, where else would I go? And I hope you're in your heart is, why would I want to go anywhere else? Because you're Jesus, you're God. And in you, I find all satisfaction for every hunger and want and need I could ever have. Okay? So some of you, you need to be like Peter in that way. And some of you need to be like Peter in this way. 
See, that's a highlight. It's kind of like Instagram. It's just a highlight of our lives. Even if our life's a wreck, we only post the good things, right? And so that was a highlight. That was an Instagram pic that Peter shared, declared Jesus the Son of God today. It was awesome, right? And then there's later in the story where Jesus tells Peter, you're gonna deny me three times. You're gonna blow it. Peter's like, nah, I'm not. I got you. I'll die for you. Guards come to take Jesus, to crucify him. Bam, bam, bam. Peter denies Jesus. Hey, you know that guy? Nope, you know that guy? Nope, you know that guy? Nope. Peter's sorrowful. Jesus is right. I denied the son of God. I blew it. I said in that moment, you know what? You're not the bread of life. Bread of life's over here somewhere, but, but you're not it. And so friends, some of you are like Peter and you need to declare him as Christ, the son of God for the first time. You are my bread of life. And some of you, you've blown it just like I blew it all the time. And you need to just return to him tonight just like Peter did because you know what happened? Later in the Gospels, Peter returned to Jesus. The tension is there. What is Jesus going to say? Jesus not only forgives him with mercy and grace, but he actually recommissions him. He says, not only did I forgive you, I want to use you, Peter. Those words of eternal life I was talking about, I want you to go and proclaim that. You're going to build my church. You're going to go and proclaim these words of eternal life and mercy and grace. And so tonight, based on how you could respond, here's, here's my basic invitation either for the first time or as a renewal of your faith. You're saying, all of you, Jesus, you're my bread of life. You're the only one I need. Like, I see that only you can truly satisfy. I see God for the first time in Jesus, all satisfying life, joy, and purpose, and peace, and an eternal home called heaven for me is all wrapped up in this one decision. And some of you just need to say, I'm all in. Friends, it's time to put down the popcorn and pick up the bread of life. Amen? It's time to taste and see that Jesus and his love and the gospel that he presents and gives is good. Taste and see he's good. He's all satisfying. He's the exact thing you've always wanted and needed. And he calls you to him through this passage, through God's word tonight. And how will you respond? It's up to you. If you guys could just bow your heads. Just like last week, I want to let you know that over to the left, we have an area to respond. This sign says something simple. It just says, Jesus over everything else. That's all it says. Nothing magical in it. Maybe tonight you're like Peter and you just say, you know what, God, you're right. You're, Jesus, you, you're the bread of life. To where else will I go? I'm tired of trying to go anywhere else. I'm coming to you tonight. And that may just look like going over and letting someone pray with you and lead you through that. For some of you, it's just being like Peter and knowing, hey, I blew it. I blew it all the time I messed up, but I want to come back to him. I want to re renew my, my faith. Just like we do when we partake of the Lord's Supper, just a reminder, God, you are my all-satisfying joy. You are my God. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for this message. Father, I'm praying for all of us in this room tonight that we would know what it means and obey and follow through in you being our bread of life. Jesus, thank you so much. It's in your name we pray.
Amen. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.